0: Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host. We've got a great show for you today, but before we get started, every episode we try to uh, give thanks to those people who have made it possible. In this uh, episode, our thanks is to a guest who's been on the show before. We've been happy to have him, and we're happy to have him come back just for a few seconds to tell us about his project. His name's Robert Burke. His game is Battle for Souls. You might have remembered him from Cartoona and Gnomes. He's had a lot of success on Kickstarter. Robert, are you there? Hey, Richard, I'm here. Hey, uh, tell us, Battle for Souls. We've been talking about it for a while now. You've got to be pleased with how it's doing.
1: Yeah, it's it's doing well. We're very we're very pleased. We're excited. We're hoping to get it produced and out into people's uh, hands and on their tables.
0: Well, that's great. So, if people want to find it, it's Battle for Souls on Kickstarter now. And quickly, what's it about?
1: Oh, it's about uh, it's about heaven versus hell. Uh, you you pick a side and you you work to reap souls for victory points.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a very interesting game. All right, we'll be, we'll be sure to take a look for it. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Richard. Bye bye. And now let's bring out our special guest. My guest today on the show is someone who I have followed for quite a while and has brought me a lot of expertise and knowledge and information. And I am thrilled and very pleased to have. Mr. Michael Stelsner on the show, who is the founder of Social Media Examiner and the host of Social Media Marketing Podcast. Mike, thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Richard, it's my absolute pleasure.
0: Well, I, you and I have just recently met, but uh, I have been a fan of yours for now a couple of years. Um, when it comes to social media, I don't think there's anybody who can touch the Social Media Examiner when it comes to just understanding social media.
1: Well, we try. Um, our mission really is to giveaway great free content. We call ourselves an online magazine. And uh, every day, six days a week, we publish detailed how-to articles that help business people, entrepreneurs figure out how in the world to use social media to grow their business.
0: And which is our audience. Our audience are uh, crowdfunding project people who are looking for ways to raise money. And in essence, I guess, some of these people want to turn it into a business, and some of these people simply want to see their passion or their dream realized. And oftentimes, I tell them over and over again, social media is the way to go, which is why I'm so thrilled that you're willing to come on the show and kind of talk about the social media thing.
1: Yeah, let's go for it. Let's talk about it.
0: Well, before we do, let's uh, – let's, a little bit of background because uh, some people may not be familiar with Social Media Examiner and kind of a little bit of your background. Can you give us a little history? How long has Social Media Examiner been around?
1: Social media examiner was, uh, started three years and a couple of months ago. So back in October of 2009 and back in October of 2009, social media was just beginning to explode. This is when, uh, everybody was talking about Twitter as the hottest thing in the world. And Facebook had been public, meaning not just for college students for a couple of months. Um, and we, uh, experienced some almost immediate um, response from a lot of people because back then everybody and their mother was talking about social media and giving their opinions on it but very few were actually laying out how to do it and we decided to differentiate ourselves by actually bringing together experts of the world and interviewing them or having them contribute content to the site and it took off and it exploded. Today we have 187,000 people that get our Email every day in their inbox, and um, about seven hundred thousand people a month that consume our content,
0: which is absolutely amazing to go f- uh, from zero three years ago to those levels. And it's and it really is around this this message of social media, it, it, social media because I talk to a lot of executives, uh, software. Companies And I hear a lot of those executives say, you know, I just don't have the time for social media or I don't get it. I don't get Twitter or, you know, I just use LinkedIn as a uh, as a Rolodex. And I imagine you come up against that quite often.
1: Well, as with any technological advancement, um, like I remember when we were kids, um, we were the last one in the neighborhood to get a cordless phone. Okay. (laughs) There's always, you know, and we were the last to get a microwave too. So there's always going to be people that um, jump on immediately, the early adopters in any particular technology. And um, social media has not permeated all aspects of the world of business. And I'm sure there's still some people that aren't on Facebook, although there's more than a billion that are. Um, It's here to stay, it's not going anywhere. And once. People, and I can't even begin to tell you how many of my friends and family I've turned on to social media, and in particular Facebook. Once people get a taste of it, they realize what they've been missing. And it's one of those kind of things that's nearly impossible to explain to someone except by explaining, well, what was life like before you had a cell phone? How would you have explained to someone who, how would you try to explain to someone who's never had a cell phone how their life would change as a result of it? And it's hard. It's hard to explain because it is transformative. It is a paradigm shift.
0: Tell my kids when I try to explain to them what life was like before I had an iPhone with, with maps that told me where I was supposed to go. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even,
0: they just, they have they can't even conceive of what that life was like.
1: Yeah. And the idea of having to actually go to the library and pull out a book, right? <laughs> right. you know, and uh, when you're researching for stuff in college, instead of just saying Siri, yes. uh, what's the population of Antarctica? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So let's talk about then because my audience comes to me and we talk about this question. They come to me all the time and say, "Okay, how can I get more fans?" Because they have a project. So those are listening. You know, it's a Kickstarter project. I, I want to raise twenty five thousand dollars. I'm going to do this widget. I launch it and now I start looking around for people to back my project. How can I get more fans or more backers? And that's what I'm asked over and over again. And I'm trying to educate them about okay social media is where you need to go. You know, where's your Twitter account? Where's your LinkedIn? Where's your Facebook? What's your approach to that? What do you think about that?
1: Well, the question, how do I get more backers is the same question that businesses ask, how do I sell more product? It's the same question that salespeople have asked for centuries. How do I get more sales? It's one of those fundamental things that everybody wants, but, one thing I would say is that the key to success, first of all, there is no magic formula ever to getting money from people. There really isn't. Um, And you can't look at the number of someone's Twitter followers and say, therefore, this many people will go ahead and uh, this percentage of your followers will go ahead and, and become backers for your product. So I think the fundamental challenge I have with how do I get more backers with social media is that that's the wrong question. I think the right question should be, how can I build a loyal fan base of people that want to support me? And that is the bigger question. And I want them to support me today for my Kickstarter project. But I want them to support me tomorrow for whatever it is I'm going to be releasing with my Kickstarter project. And I want them to support me the day after tomorrow when I have my new project out. And every artist, anyone who's listening right now, I think that's what they really want. And the real question is, how do you get that?
0: Right. That is the question. And 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 So we can
1: it. talk about that if you want. A little I
0: bit. have an expert right here in front of me to answer that very question.
1: Okay. So here's what it really comes down to. Um, nobody likes to be pitched and nobody likes to be sold to. Um, everyone is listening to my voice r- right now. Virtually raise your hand if you actually enjoy it when telemarketers call you. <laughs> right. no. um,
0: a, te- a telemarketer's hand just went up. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not even the telemarketers like telemarketer calls. Um, how many of you enjoy it when um, you're at a gas station and some stranger walks up to you and tries to sell you something or when someone knocks on your front door? How many of you enjoy it when you're at a family gathering and someone tries to hit you up for money? Um, it isn't an enjoyable experience. So if you know intuitively that people hate to be sold and pitched to, which is a universal truth, then the real question is, what do they love? And what they really love is going to be highly variable depending on who they are. But I postulate that the, that what they love are oftentimes access to great people, access to great information. And, um, you know, that's kind of the end recognition. So, um, what I think you really need to be thinking about is if I am, let's say an author who wants to come out with a book on a, on a topic, and let's just say it's a cookbook. And I know that my audience is really into cooking Well, then I need to be cultivating an audience that's interested in cooking before that book ever comes out. And if you just decide to make a cookbook and nobody knows who you are, um, you're going to really struggle to get the backing that you need to take the project live. But if you do something as simple as starting a blog or starting a podcast like Richard has done and begin talking about what your passion is, in this case, cooking, you will begin to draw to you people that have similar interests. This takes time. Um, Did you know that uh, Kennedy said – I think it was Kennedy that said you know, something about the moon. He wanted to go to the moon and he said, why shouldn't we go for the moon? And in order to get to the moon, in order to get the space shuttle to the moon, do you know how many missions it took? Richard, do you know? I mean I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it was at least eight missions. First, they had to build all this stuff and then they had to circle the planet. and, And it took them eight years to get to the point where they could send a man to the moon. So what does that mean? It means that if you want to launch something, it's going to take time. You have to you have to run experiments. You have to begin drawing an audience to you. And today the technology exists in such a way that you can do this extremely rapidly compared to 20 years ago, for example, by starting a podcast. Richard, you're a great case in point. You've been podcasting for what, a year?
0: A year, yep. A year.
1: You've been podcasting for a year. And you've established your niche. And you are at the point right now that if you started something, you would have a loyal base that has been listening to you and that would be willing to support you in what you've done. So I guess the point is that if you can figure out how to get in front of an audience and cultivate interest in them using blogging, whether it's your blog or someone else's blog, or using podcasting or even using a Facebook page, then you can begin to, um, drip feed people with stuff they love so that when you have something to sell or something to pitch or something to ask from them, the likelihood that they will say yes, will radically go up.
0: I, when I did my podcast, uh, a little over a year ago, a little less than a year ago, when I did my Kickstarter, my crowdfunded my podcast, I can remember uh, asking one of my backers why they were so generous in backing my podcast. And his answer was very – it has stuck with me. He said, Richard, you provide such – your podcast provides such great information for free that I value, that I'm willing to give you money to continue so that you can continue to give me good information for free. And I thought – it was was an eye-opening experience for me that, oh – that is why people would back and be supportive of a project because of what I was giving was valuable to them.
1: And if you think of anybody who's listening right now, everybody's probably in different niches. I know a lot of you are in the gaming niche. If you think of the leaders in the gaming niche that you look to that are writing content and producing content that you love, if they said, I have got something exciting and new, but the only way it's going to happen is if I can get your support, you would probably unquestionably support it because you want exactly what Richard, um, Richard's donor or whatever you call it, wanted. You want to see more from this person. And you know, the key to all this is relationship building. Um, and I got to tell you, I think podcasting is so incredibly powerful in that regard. I've only been podcasting for a couple months, but I've never had the kind of response.
0: That it, it is – mi- and, and I'll, I'll admit is that – and we only have a few minutes left, but uh, who, who cares? We'll just take as much time as we want. It's my podcast. Um, I got to admit that over this past year, um, I went to lunch with one of my backers today and I told him that uh, the people I have met, the people who have come up to me, reached out to me, the stories I've heard, it is something that is incredibly powerful for me as a recipient of all of this wonderful – Uh, feedback from the listeners. that This podcasting thing terrified me up to a year ago. Some very good friends of mine, Chris and and Sherilyn uh, Kirkman, helped me learn how to do it. And here we are. This is episode 111. And it's almost like I don't want to stop. I just want to keep doing this because it's been so fun.
1: Well, let's focus on some tactical, um, if you're willing to, Richard, some tactical steps that anyone who's listening can take with social and with content. And that's really what
0: they're asking. They're asking, okay, how do I how do I grow my fan you know fan base, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, that type of thing. What some advice
1: for us? So, so first of all, you have to have start by figuring out how what you can produce. Become a producer. Become a publisher. I guess said another way. Um, Chances are pretty good that um, whatever niche you're in, you know who it is. Um, and they're probably a lot like you that you're trying to target, figure out what they're interested in and start creating content around that. It could be reviews of other people's products. It could be interviews with experts. Um, it could be you going, uh, to trade shows and, um, showcasing new products or services that are coming out in the niche. Um, figure out kind of what that audience is interested in and just start producing that content. Then the next thing is um, once you've got some content that you're producing, whether it be a blog post or video interviews or audio interviews, then the next thing is going to be give people a chance that discover that content to follow you via a number of different mediums. The best is email. So you want to get people on an email subscription list because that's a permission-based list upon which you can communicate and know for sure it'll get through to them. Um, Facebook page is is another great thing. If you Google um, Facebook like box, you can get the code to put a Facebook like box on your website, which will allow someone with one click to become a fan of your Facebook page. Another thing is the Twitter follow button and you can Google Twitter follow button to learn how to do this. Um, As a matter of fact, we have a free tutorial at um, Social Media Examiner on how to set up a Facebook page. But the key thing is to create the content and then provide a means upon which people who discover the content can get more of your stuff. And you will find that the order of importance is going to be email first. It's always the most valuable. Second will be um, probably Facebook and LinkedIn. And third will be Twitter. But just here's here's the raw truth. Facebook only allows about 16% of your fans to see your content without you paying them. So if you have 1,000 fans, only 160 are going to see it. That's the reality. Twitter, on the other hand, doesn't have any of those kinds of filters, but a lot of people, their Twitter feeds are over-inundated and they don't actually even pay attention to them at all. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise. Uh, LinkedIn is a little bit of a different animal, but we have so much free content on social media examiner about how to use all of these different networks. Pinterest is another one. If you're in a space where there's lots of visual stuff and lots of photography, uh, Pinterest is um, a great, great resource, uh, which is kind of a visual network. Um, You can also study others that are doing this really well. Uh, Take a look at bloggers that maybe aren't even in your space but that are just doing a great job and look at the kind of content they're producing. What's great about content, Richard, is that it becomes kind of like a virtual um, marketing tool for you that operates around the clock. It draws in that audience and a lot of the subsegment of the audience will love it so much that they'll share it with their friends on social networks. And it's kind of this perpetual engine that keeps bringing people in and in and in. And that's part of the reason why Social Media Examiner has been able to grow so fast um, I did write a book called Launch, which is my second book that's been out about 18 months. And in that book, I do lay out exactly how to create all the different kinds of content. And you can get a free chapter at elevationprinciple.com. And I'm not saying this to sell. I'm saying this because the first chapter of the book is essentially the whole book and it's free. And you can and get that at, at elevationprinciple.com.
0: Elevationprinciple.com. Dot com. Dot com. Okay, and we'll ha- and we'll send people out there because that's what they they come on a regular basis and ask me how do I do this how do I set up this social media and make it work and you've given us some really great content any last words to uh, share with our audience of uh, wisdom?
1: Yeah, just um, recognize that the most successful Kickstarter campaigns have massive initiatives going on behind the scenes, and um, you know they either A, have a huge baked-in audience already, for example, in the case of Seth Godin, or they have um, really worked really, really hard to kind of set everything up ahead of time. So, um, you know, the allure of all these different social um, networks that are out there, and I would argue that Kickstarter is almost like a social network, is that you hear a lot about these overnight successes, but the truth is you've got to work towards it. And it's wiser to be organized and... Have something under your belt before you launch um, and you'll probably greatly increase the likelihood of your success.
0: And that, uh, Mike, and then my last – my bonus question as we go over just a little bit of time, how patient should they be to see results? I
1: I think at the end of the day – well, let me just quickly share. When I launched Social Media Examiner, I did not advertise anything for the first four months Um, and I didn't promote anything at all. All I did was have a goal of trying to get 10,000 people on my email subscription list. And I stripped all the marketing messages from it completely. And what that did was that created even faster growth because when people came there, they saw something that was a movement instead of something that was designed as a lure to get someone to buy something. So the answer to the question is it's going to depend on what you need. And I think you should set some realistic goals and expectations when you start whatever you're going to do. And then say to yourself, all right, I'm going to do everything in my power to wait until I get this many followers or this many email subscribers or this many page views or this many podcast listeners before I actually begin the next step.
0: Perfect. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My name is Richard Bliss, the host. Our guest has been Michael Stelzner, the uh, founder of Social Media Examiner He's given us some great content. So please be uh, sure to go back, listen again, take some notes, go visit the website, gamewhispercom and we'll have uh, some of the notes of what he's mentioned. And I just want to again say thank you to Michael for being a guest. Hopefully you've heard something inspiring. I know I have. So we're looking forward to seeing your project out on Kickstarter so we can help you fund your dream. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. We'll be here next time. Keep the emails coming in and be sure to subscribe.